Awesome. Praise the Lord. Bright light, big city. Here we go. Where's my glasses? How many of you guys wear glasses and that happens? And you look around, you're looking for them. Or the flip side is you've taken them off, but there's still a feeling that they're on your head. So you're like, and you can look all over the house. I have. Like, where's my glasses? Where are your keys? And they're in your pocket. And this is the, this is the thing in, in the sense of, in the spiritual sense as we've gone through Ephesians. If I could look at you spiritually as a Christian, what do you have already? How many of us are looking for something we already have? If only this, if only that. How many of us? I mean, Ephesians, the first three chapters is just, you talking about me? Of who we are, what he's done. He's withheld nothing. It's quite shocking to read what you are, if you're in Christ right now, you already have sitting right now. And what are you waiting for is the question. What am I waiting for? Agreed. And it's such a powerful book. And we know the transition that happens with Paul. Because the first couple chapters, three chapters, he's talking about you and Christ, you and Christ. And that is extremely important. But then he begins to transition into something called the church. So it's not just you and Christ, it's you and me. You're not just called to Christ alone. You're called to a body. And this has to penetrate. Because in North America, we're just about going to a place where you kind of give your whatever, your offering, your tithe, and you get a preach and you go home. That is not the New Testament church. It's not. It's much more glorious. And believe me, you may think, oh, shoot, what's he going to talk about? This is way better. This is way more glorious. This is way more significant. As you watch the news and you go, what can anyone do? Oh, we got the answers, baby. We got it. It's in this book. It's what Christ has done. And we need a revelation of what Christ has done. Because if, you know, it says, if he he gave you his son first, will he not freely give you all things? So once you embrace his son, you can start to see the all things. But if you don't embrace the son, you don't see the all things. And so I just encourage you as we, as we get into this today that we would um, open our eyes. May the, may the Lord open our eyes and our hearts. So Lord, we just ask for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. One sows, one waters, but you alone can cause growth. No matter any level of manipulation, there is zero growth without you, Lord. So we ask for growth in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue here in Ephesians chapter 5. I've, I've um, brought in 7, 8, and 9 to it because it kind of rounds it out. And you know, last week Paul was challenging people on sexual immorality, impurity, and covetousness or greediness in particular. Let's read this now. Therefore, do not become partners with them, those people who practice such things. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. 
Do not participate in the useless deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, Awake sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Powerful passage. We see here again that Paul is highlighting speech. How you speak. I mean, this is the third time he's mentioned in a very short period of time. How we speak. And it's clear that if Paul forbids certain things or, or tells you these things are unfit for Christians to speak about them, how much more to participate in them? I mean, he wants them out of the life. So not only do you stop participating, you stop even speaking about such things. We need to be careful of how we speak. And you can see in the beginning, I've highlighted to, uh, uh, in bold, that he's highlighting a darkness and light. This, this, this metaphor of juxtaposition between the spiritual darkness and those in spiritual darkness and those who walk in the light. Now this is throughout the New Testament. Jesus spoke about it, light and darkness. Now I think it would be helpful, to be honest, at this time, to do a, a bit of an overview of light and darkness in the scriptures to help us grasp the significance of what he's saying here, to ground us, to give some, some seed, some, some scripture to build your faith, to understand why is it so important for us to walk this way? Let's start at the beginning. God is light. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light. And in him there is zero darkness. No darkness. God is the source of light. Spiritual light. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. Come down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. I like the way the, the Young's literal translation puts it. It says, states that there's no shadow in his turning. You know, if I had a light bulb here and there's no other lights, the only thing in the room that's not casting a shadow is the light bulb. Why? Because it's the source. It's the source of light. Jesus is the light of the world. And there's much, much scripture on this. I'm just, going to, I'm just building something for you to understand in case you didn't know these things. John 8, 12. Then Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So Jesus said to him, for a little while longer, the light is amongst you. Walk while you have the light so that darkness will not overtake you. Also, the one who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of light. Interesting. I'm cool with God being light, source of light. Scriptures are explicit. And I'm clear that, that Jesus is the light of the world. He says something intriguing there at the end. So you may become sons of light. 
Interesting. Interesting. Let's continue here with some, just, just these thoughts that are really necessary to understand the passage in Ephesians. We were children of darkness. There's no twilight. It's you're in darkness or you're in light. Understand? A famous uh, scripture for most people around Christmas time. It's quoting from Isaiah 9. The people who were sitting in darkness saw great light, and those who were sitting in the land in the shadow of death, upon them a light dawned. This showed the condition of the world before Christ came. Darkness. All over the land. And in the middle of the darkness, there, there rose a great light. Light in the midst of darkness. In the midst of sin and shame. In the midst of the dominion of darkness. Light shone. Now we trust there's more light today, and I'll get into that. Colossians 1.13, For he rescued us from the dominion of darkness, not the kingdom of darkness, the dominion of darkness, and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Amen? I love this Wesley hymn. My mom always loved the hymns. I grew up in the Baptist church. We were hymned, man. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. That's what he's articulating. He was in darkness, lost, destitute. It's an interesting darkness, especially if you live in West Bend. We have an incredible amount of blackouts. There we go, block, boom. Well, that's interesting. Where's the candles? The first thing we look for. We don't just continue our lives stumbling through the house, hitting doors. But this is the spiritual climate that we're in. They do stumble around hitting doors, stubbing toes, knocking things over, attempting to make peace with the darkness. Contained. This is an important point for you to understand. Not everyone desires the light. Oh, sorry, that's misspelled. Not everyone desires the light, not to the light. Well, it could work. That's just something that should sink in. I remember when Lisa and I did street ministry for five years on the streets, Victoria, drug addicts and all that kind of stuff. And we bring them home, clean them up, feed them. They'd be in a warm bed, etc., but I never asked them if they wanted to be free of drugs. I just made an assumption. Why is that? Why do people not desire light? Many people reject it. There's much hostility against the true gospel. Not the watered-down gospel, not the one that, you know, has had a bunch of um, uh, changes made to it. I'm talking about the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Well, one of the reasons I believe is this. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. And the people loved darkness rather than light. For their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light so that his deeds will not be exposed. But the one who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be revealed as having been performed in God. Being exposed, as it were. Letting people see your website history. 
letting people look in, peek over the shoulder of what website you go to, of what you do on social media. All is laid bare before him. But there's this hiddenness. You want to continue in sin. And this one says they loved darkness. That's not an intellectual thing. That's a passion. That's a, what the heart man believes. It's, it's something that's deep in their passions, a love for darkness. And we see that ever more increasingly today. Here is the crux of it for me. Children of God are meant to be the light of the Lord Jesus Christ on earth. You and I are meant to be light in the darkness. Show me, okay? John 9, 4, we must carry out the works of him who sent me. As long as it is day, night is coming when no one can work, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus speaking here. So again, he reiterates, but he adds something interesting there. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Hmm. And while, just so you know, in, in the original language, while means as long as, for this period of time. A famous passage of Scripture, the Beatitudes, etc., in Matthew chapter 5. Speaking to his disciples at this time. You are the light of the world. What? You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Your light must shine. before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, this is a remarkable statement that Paul is just adding on here in Ephesians of who we are. What a privilege. What a responsibility. You must let your light shine before people in such a way that's the significance. That's why Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, he says, For you were once in darkness, but now you are light. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So we see that light is not just saying, I'm light. Light bulb, I'm light. I'm light. Everyone, I'm light. I'm light. Light is seen in action. I don't have to be told that this is a light. It's blinding me right now. It's clearly a light. Anyone know what this is? Hello? It's a light. This is critical. If we walk as the world walks, we do not shine the light of Jesus, and darkness overcomes. One more time. If we walk as the world walks, we do not shine the light of Jesus, and darkness overcomes. The primary source of light in the spiritual realm is reflected through you and me. We must make every effort against the temptations and the allures of the world. That's why he says here, to walk in love. What is the key in which the world sees light? How do they see light coming out of you and me, out of the church? By observing 
by watching. You can see it there. Such a way that they may see, see, see. They got your doctrine, they've heard the sermon, they've heard the preach, but what do they see? I'm not against, you know, I'm a preacher, man. I don't mind preaching, but, but, but what's the point? We are children of light. We must walk in such a way. And that's all Paul's petitioning. It's not about grabbing something. You need more. It's about dropping things. Get unsnared from the things that so easily entangle and let us run this race with perseverance. And what entangles in Hebrews chapter 12? Entangles is sin. Missing the mark. Living for self. Just being straight with you. You can see why Paul's exhortation to the churches was so powerful and blunt. And at times you would think even unchristian and ungracious at times. But he sees who they really are. He sees who we really are in Christ, the light flowing. And to not be ensnared with the things of this world. We must love. We must love. But we must walk in love. Think about it. Having such a revelation, walking such a way that you pray for your enemies. That some of you get down on your knees and earnestly pray for Justin Trudeau. Some of you get down on your knees, and you, I'm talking straight, you earnestly pray for Donald Trump. Earnestly, not just in a religious, fleshly way, but you see things clearly. You've risen above the smog. You see it as it is. You see where true authority comes from. You see the fiction and the lies of the angel of light which is Satan, who will always be helped there to deal with you so that you don't go too high, stir up pride, etc. Continuing Ephesians here. This is not disconnected from what we've just talked about. In light of this, so then, yep, so then, in light of what he's saying, be careful how you walk. You know, so it's not how you live, because you're living, like, you can be seated, stationary. It's walking. There's always verb, 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 verb. Verbin, verbin, verbin. Noun is good, but noun's got a verb. You know what I mean? Not as unwise people, but as wise. Making the most of your time. It says redeeming your time. Seeing time is precious. I was amazed to watch how um, Steve Jobs, well in his grave, and his, his boat worth $600 million was finally made. I wonder on his deathbed what was more valuable to him, time or that boat? The one thing that equalizes everyone in this room, whatever your financial situation is, is time. We have a... We, we have a small amount of time. And the weird thing is, you know how much money you have. You can go to your bank account, but you don't know how much time you have. No one is guaranteed tomorrow. Do not be, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. 
you probably know what your will is. You're probably quite aware of your dreams, your desires, your aspirations. Have you ever considered what the Lord's are for you? Be wise. The original language for wise is forming the best plans and using the best means for their execution. Foolish is act rashly. Do not be foolish. Do not act rashly, without reflection, unintelligent, making rash decisions, impulsive. You are the light. Do not get drunk with wine, which there is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I think it's way beyond wine. I would say beware of anything that robs you of spiritual sobriety. Anything that you turn to instead of turning to the Holy Spirit. Be aware of things and means that cause relaxation. Who it's not the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter, our guide. Be careful in the times when, because we're in stressful times. It's challenging. It's more challenging than it was. We get it. It's true. But be aware of that which subdues you, that which dominates you. Romans 6 says that which you offer your body to your slave to. Just be aware. You know. You can drink wine. Jesus' first miracle was water into wine. I don't know where the wine, no wine people come from, but, but it's the truth. But it's not your comfort. It's not where you go to relax. Food could be it. Maybe you eat. It could be multiple things. Beware of these things. But turn to the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Press into God. Even what I'm speaking on today, you may have no real understanding of what I'm saying, and maybe even now. But you can go and you put it before God and you read the Scriptures and you ask God to cause growth. You say, you must speak to me, Lord. There is truth in this book I'm not getting. I need to get it. Paul is clearly telling me I need to get it. I don't want my life to be a waste. I want it to matter for now and eternity. Just going to land it with this one. Lana Mario, if you want to. I tortured you with, for 40 minutes last week because I didn't have my timer, so I forgive me for that. So I'm trying to make up for it today. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing and make melody with your hearts to the Lord. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to our God and Father. And subject yourself to one another in the fear of Christ. Always be giving thanks. I think one of the best defenses we have, particularly against covetousness, is thankfulness. If Eve, Adam and Eve, were in a thankful place, would they have fallen like they did? Oh, they, God had given them all things but one. And all they could focus on was the one that they didn't have. And so I encourage you with this, the thankfulness, to stay in that place of thankfulness. And this is, sounds like a very Pentecostal or charismatic verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. I just see as you come in, start... <laughs> Let's just stand together here.
I would say we're, none of us are blind to the darkness overtaking the land in many of mo- most areas of society. We're not ignorant of these things. How do we counter this in light of this scripture? Prayer? Of course. Yes, prayer, for sure. Prayer is extremely important. But I would put to you today that we must embrace our role and live in such a way that people see our good works. We must shine. That they see the true light of Jesus Christ, give glory to the Father. We're to love God and love people. In fact, that's our tagline on our, on our website. The world is in desperate need of a revelation of Christ through his church. In desperate need. We need to point people to Jesus, not with just words only, but with our lives. I encourage you with this word. I encourage you with what you already are if you're in Christ. If you're not in Christ, I encourage you today to come out of darkness into light by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. All have sinned. All have fallen short. All all have fallen away. But Christ has come to stand on your behalf, to take what you deserve. And all you need is call out to Jesus, to ask Jesus for forgiveness, to press into him and say, Lord, forgive me. Come out of darkness into light. So Lord, we just come before you now. And we just honor your name. We lift you high. We exalt the name of the Lord. We declare, we declare the greatness of God. We thank you what you've done for us. It's interesting, uh, Frank pointed out that we sing a song that says, you sit alone in glory. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. We're in Christ. He's not alone in glory. We are seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. Lord, I just pray a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I just ask that you would minister. We're just going to sing this song. Lord, I just ask that you would minister to your people. I ask that you would call your church higher. I ask that you would cause growth and understanding and revelation on the word of God.